How Moog Kidnapped Mikella One bit of the lore that's been bugging me for the longest time is how exactly Moog nabbed Mikella. Mikella was at the centre of the capital city of his fiefdom, in an underground fortress guarded by the land's greatest soldiers, knights and monsters, including some of his sister's personal troops. She didn't even take all of that specific subset of the army to kick the shit out of the Red Mains, in an area which is almost impossible to get to unless you have access to a specific medallion, find a forbidden elevator, and navigate through a perilous snowfield filled with more monsters and which you can't even see through for more than five metres. So how did Moog even get there, much less succeed in bringing back a cocoon with an entire city to his rear trying to kill him? He doesn't even have an army, just a cult. More than that, as far as we know, Moog did so completely under the radar. There are no signs of battle anywhere in the Haligtree, which is almost unique in this game, where the devs like to scatter skeletons and discarded weapons everywhere. Not only that, but Mikella's followers seem to think he's going to come back. You can even see Lordsworn soldiers all around it looking out to the horizon, as if checking for him. Millennia you could possibly explain as brain rot. Millicent says that the rot makes you lose memories. But what about everyone else? How could they miss a four-meter Satan wannabe storming around, especially considering how impeccable their security is even years later when you get there? Haligtree Soldier Ashes. This was the bitter revelation discovered by the desperate soldiers who awaited the return of their lord to the rotted Haligtree. May the flash of our deaths guide Michaela's return. Millennia's armor. Millennia awaited Michaela at the foot of the husk. My brother will keep his promise. He possesses the wisdom, the allure of a god. He is the most fearsome Empyrean of all. I think the answer was right in front of us the whole time. Moog is the creator of the entire Bloody Finger invasion mechanic. More than that, his own rune heavily ties him to the whole concept being unique among the great runes for not even boosting your stats, but instead specifically enhancing invasions. Moog's great rune, a great rune of the Shardbearer Moog, its blessing grants a blessing of blood to summoned phantoms and imparts a phantom great rune upon successful invasion. Moog and Morgoth are twin brothers, and their great runes are naturally similar. But Moog's rune is soaked in accursed blood from his devout love for the wretched mire that he was born into far below the earth. Bloody Finger, attempts an invasion of another player's world. If successful, you will arrive as an invader, Bloody Finger, with the objective of defeating the host of fingers of that world. Glistening blood has been siphoned into the nail of this finger. Its sickly pale skin feels nothing now, but the nail still aches with sweetest pain. Perhaps this ability even came from Moog's great rune in the first place, either that or the formless mother. We know that in the case of Moog's followers, the invasion mechanic is actually an in-universe thing, rather than purely a mechanical abstraction, because of Vara's quest. We also know that the ability to do this is linked to the presence of Moog's tainted blood. Var injects some into you at the end of the quest. That's what the bloody finger item actually is. Your own finger after Vara's modifications, while the festering bloody fingers are decapitated ones from other people. This noble blood will be an immutable badge of honor once it settles, inside of you. From this quest, we also know that more than just us and Vara can do it. Bloody fingers invade in almost every area throughout the game. Even the capital isn't safe. 
and that the whole M.O. of the Bloody Fingers is secret among all but the tarnished. The only in-universe way that you could ever figure out about it is Vare telling you. Finally, we know from this quest that even as a Bloody Finger, you can physically pick things up and carry them back with you, as you keep both Magnus and Vara's gear after killing them as a phantom. This brings us to the obvious conclusion. Moog never physically set foot in the Halig tree. He teleported into the roots as a phantom, grabbed Michaela, and left. No one in the Halig tree saw this, and they have no knowledge that this ability even exists, so they assumed that Michaela left willingly without telling anyone, because from their perspective, that's the only possibility. One day, the soldiers of the Halig tree went down to the roots and found Michaela gone, but they found no signs of struggle and no logical way an intruder could have gotten there. So they assumed that he'd simply left to do something, as he was known to do, wandering the world as Saint Trina, who possibly also secretly takes spirit form, given his association with dreams. They were actually right. It was completely impossible for any person to have gotten in without being noticed, as we can see ourselves that they have every entrance locked down. It's just that, in this case, the culprit was literally a ghost, a teleporting ghost. You can't really defend against that. Addendum 1. I'm aware that there's a noble ghost next to the teleporter in the consecrated snowfield who talks about how Moog kidnapped Michaela. I don't think that's a contradiction. Rather, it fits in cleanly. The noble is a ghost because he was obviously killed by the nearby sanguine noble who invades anyone that gets too close to the teleporter. That noble was posted to make extra sure that no one who figured out the real story lived to tell about it. And he succeeded. The only person who stumbled upon this one tiny waygate in the middle of a blizzard in a massive monster-ridden snowfield not only was killed before he could tell anyone else, but had his spirit bound to the location where he died. The snowfield takes up a decent chunk of the map and is probably tens of thousands of square kilometres in reality if the lands between are at least as big as a mid-sized country like Britain or Italy. It's no surprise that no one else found it. Addendum 2 Some of have quoted Millennia's armour description, particularly her saying that Michaela is fearsome, as proof that she was in on some plan Michaela had, and knew exactly where he was. Logical problems with that aside, there are some interesting linguistic quirks with the line in the original text that make this extra unlikely. Millennia's quote in her armour description is worded very uncharacteristically. Normally, she talks like a tough, stoic warrior. Even her cut dialogue is consistent with this. But in the quote, she sounds like... a kid. She calls Michaela older brother, a young-sounding mix of respectful in the ending, familiar in the lack of an honorific prefix, and ends the last sentence with, which is not specific for a single use, but comes off as young-sounding. With that added context and the fact that she's literally holding Tree Michaela's hand in her slumber. The line, at least to me, reads less like knowledge of a plan, and more like her mentally degrading in her rot and depression, and trying to give herself hope by reiterating how cool her brother is. He would never break his promise, he would never abandon me, and he'd certainly never fail, because he's as wise and fearsome as a god, he's my big brother, who's always there for me, and always knows what to do. Addendum. 3. It's worth noting that Omen Morg just teleports into his boss room in a cloud of red smoke, like a phantom, 